Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. From What Goes On Media, this is Backstage With, taking you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage with Michael James Scott, who's playing the genie in Aladdin in the West End over the summer. He's swapped with the original London genie, Trevor Dion Nicholas, who's gone to play his hometown of Pittsburgh on the US tour. I had so much fun talking to Michael. He has some incredible stories of working with Broadway legends like Ben Vereen and Donna McKechnie, as well as people like Stephanie J. Block and Andrew Rannells. We met up last week at the Prince Edward Theatre in the West End and had a chat in a room just behind the box office, so now and again you can hear people nipping in and out. I guess they just want to hear what we were talking about. Here's our conversation. Michael James Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And welcome to London. Thank you. Are you loving it here? I am loving it here. London is so wonderful. The buzz energy of the city is just really exciting and it's just fun. So I'm really excited to be here. And I guess it'll be nice for you after being on tour to kind of be in the same place for a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, the US tour is different. I mean, we're in cities for a good amount of time, so it's not too crazy, but um, it is a lovely time to be able to sit down for a second, mm-hmm. which I love. And in London, my God, you know, why not? It's a great it's a great stop on my genie journey is what I call it. <laughs> um, how quick was your turnaround? Like how quick did you go from finishing in America to getting here to going into the show? Less than a week because I did a show on Sunday evening in the States and left on Monday, got here on Tuesday, watched the show on Tuesday, had a rehearsal with the company, got to meet the company on on Wednesday, which was amazing. And then on Wednesday evening i saw dream girls had to go see my my peeps my broadway peeps here killing it in the west end and like just being amazing and then on thursday i had a big press day friday i had a big put in with the company and i went in on friday night oh my god you must be very tired (laughs) it's been a whirlwind and i am a little a little tired but not too bad i'm okay i'm actually okay i figured out the jet lag thing and so I'm all right. I'm all right. Whenever I go to America, I always stuck up on melatonin. Oh, that's yes. Like, it's not, it's not, you can't buy it here. I don't you know You can't? No. Oh. And it's like the jet lag magic pill, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. I learned my lesson because um, being in Australia for 18 months doing Aladdin and I was back and forth to LA and I really learned how to figure out the jet lag thing real quick because it's so extreme you know it was crazy (laughs) you've been to London before what were you most looking forward to about coming back tea coming back for tea I'm I'm obsessed with it I think it's such a wonderful tradition that happens here and it's obviously been for years and years and many many years of of tea time and i didn't really quite get it because i wasn't i didn't live you know in london and when i came here i completely got it and i totally understood it and i just loved it and i i'm just so excited to have that i was literally when they when i got offered to come and do this genie swap that we were doing i was like 
oh my God, I get to have tea in London. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. So, and just this community, the, the community um, has been so wonderful and so open arm embracing me from day one when I was here with hair and now here with Aladdin. So I just am very thankful. And it's a beautiful community of amazing performers who are just so giving and so beautifully welcoming. We should talk about the genie swap. How did that come about? So the genie swap happened because, so Trevor, the, the wonderful Trevor Dion, um, who was playing the genie here, he, well, who originated the genie here in London. So Trevor is from Pittsburgh. And there was a sort of chat about him being able to go and maybe play his hometown. It's a rare opportunity that the show a, that you're playing a major role and that it is coming to your hometown. So the Disney gods, if you will, they are, they are, we have an incredible upper management team who are just so wonderful and so giving and really made it happen and asked me would, would I want to go and basically just do a big swap so that Trevor could do that, I could be in the, on the West End. And I was like, I mean... Of course. <laughs> How can you not? Who so, would say no to that? Who would say no? So it's so exciting to be a part of that because Trevor gets to have that experience and I get to, you know, come here. So we're kind of just keeping each other's seats warm for, for a little bit of time while we do this really cool genie swap. I mean, who else gets to have say that? It's very Disney. I love it because it's like a Disney magical moment that's happening. And I'm, I'm really excited and so honored to be a part of it. Disney seems like such a great company to work for in theatre as well. It seems like it wants everything to be magical for everyone, not not just the kids. Absolutely. It's all about, for, it's for everyone. I love it because there's just a sense of magic, truly. I mean, it's as cliche as it sounds, there really is a sense of magic from the higher ups. It starts at the top when you have people who believe in family and fun and light and love and all of those things. It just trickles down. So I've gotten to be a part of the Disney family for a while with other productions and now being here and doing this and just being with them. I know how they work. And as somebody who works for them, you feel so supported. It's just an honor to feel that way. It's a gift. You've taken Aladdin all over the world. Yeah. What's, what's that been like? Have there been any major changes between any of the different productions or, or little ones that have caught you out? Yes, the lots of little ones. The production that you see is the Broadway production, you know, and that's also really, I'm so proud of that because I got to be a part of the original and to be able to take it around the world, it is the big Broadway musical comedy that is Aladdin. You know, you go big or you go home with Disney. And that's what it's all about. And it's wonderful. So for me, it's been all the fun little changes that just keep it fresh. And those are the ones that have sort of tripped me up the most, honestly, because there are a lot of little changes that you wouldn't necessarily know. But obviously we know and uh it just keeps you on your toes but it truly is amazing how universal this show is all around the world and to see how the audience reacts in every place along this big beautiful world is pretty incredible and also such a testament to this property and to this thing that is aladdin what sort of mishaps have you had 
Oh gosh. Well, I mean, I've definitely <laughs> ripped up on some of the sayings that were different. And you may actually just think it was a part of it because I could just I, I can kind of brush it off yeah. and move on. And uh, if there was ever a part to be able to do that, it's exactly, the genie, right? Exactly. I'm very thankful that I could basically sort of like kind of maybe mess up, but like just make it a part. You can of get it. away. You with get that. away with it, and you know you just move on. So not really too too crazy, but just little things yeah. that you kind of make and some of them actually stick because some accidents turn into things that actually really work and yeah it's I, a great way to discover something. yeah exactly have you had any technical ones wherever you've not been able to come out of the lamp properly no knock on wood onto that like i i there was like one time where it's it's live theater and i <laughs> i think there was something that was that was going on with the automation of, of the genie lift that was happening so once I noticed that it wasn't going up, I just got out and start doing doing lots of turns and came out and jumped right in front of the genie lift and said, "The genie's here!" <laughs> <laughs> and it, you just and you just went on and it was great, you know. And yeah. I mean, we have a an incredible every crew that I've gotten to work with on Aladdin, they are so wonderful it is it takes a village to put on the show and there's so many amazing people working backstage so you know they they were like oh my god we're so sorry but i'm like it's it's all good please i ran out and said the genie's here it's fine and you know and you just move on but it's also live theater it's also the excitement of of that but i'm proud to say that we are this this disney machine it's an incredible company and there's it's very rare that there are mishaps but, you know, when they are, the audience loves it anyway. They love it. Oh, of course yeah. they love it. Because they've seen something no one else has seen. Absolutely. Aladdin is so universally loved as a film all over the world. Were you quite daunted about doing it when you first played it? Especially because it was Robin Williams, you know, in the film. Was that scary for you? Absolutely. You know, the, the show is so beloved and is so iconic. And Robin Williams did make it such an iconic role. There is a lot of pressure when you get called to say, will you be the genie of, oh my gosh, like, that's a that's a lot. That's big, 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 big shoes to fill. And I'm very lucky and I feel very blessed that the team really just trusted me and they wanted me to bring Michael to the role. So all of the craziness that is Michael James Scott is all in there. And the awesome thing about it is that the foundation of the role, of the iconic role that Robin Williams created, is all there. But now we get to sort of just do an updated version of it and I get to add all of me into the role. So I became less intimidated when that was the way because I truly got to bring me and bring that perspective to the role and the idea of the preconceived notions of what this big thing that is the late, great Robin Williams was honestly just sort of kind of out the window in the sense that like I felt like I could just trust that beautiful work that he did for all of us genies and that we get to, got to take that and just live on that legacy. And I'm very honored to be a part of, a little part of the legacy that is the genie. Tell me about where you were raised and how you got into musical theater. Well, I was a show kid. I grew up in Orlando, Florida. I was a child actor doing television and commercials and all kinds of kinds of things. I also worked at Disney World in the parks and was a performer. I mean, it's just crazy. My, my life has been surrounded by Disney. But my mom said I sang 
first before I spoke as a child. So it's just sort of been in my blood. And I had a lot of what I call them angels, um, amazing people who were teachers. I, I, I believe wholeheartedly in teachers. And they saw lots of things in me that I did not know and didn't even, I guess, even imagine that I would know as far as me being a performer. And they plucked me out of of these sort of like chorus classes and um, dance classes and and took me like to talk to my parents and was like we want to we want to take him and like he could be a star there's something about him I'm, you know as a kid you're like I don't know what any of that means but my mom and my dad they always just said yes and I am beyond grateful for them and I say that to parents too uh, whenever I do like talks I just say you can't put your thing on your kids of like what you want them to do let them plan their path but when they ask to do something just say yes within reason of course you know (laughs) (laughs) even if it's something that you may not agree with like maybe a a pro athlete or whatever like that they're not a doctor or a lawyer or the sort of traditional a fireman or whatever it is for me it was being a performer and they just said yes they just simply said yes and that changed my life and I read that when you were training, is it true Julie Andrews was involved in, in your in your training in some way? Oh, yes. You crossed paths with her? Yes, actually. Um, I did a thing called Broadway Theatre Project, which is this, it was this intense theatre camp in the States, but also it was a, it's an international thing. They chose, like, select, like, 50 kids, um, and you went for three weeks for the summers, and you trained with, like, you know, the Julie Andrews, uh, Gwen Verdon, Gregory Hines. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I got to, yeah, I got to train with Julie Andrews, which was just unbelievably exciting. And, you know, to have her coach you on a song is just pretty (laughs) remarkable. Do you remember that vividly? Oh, yes. I remember all of it so vividly. I mean, learning the Fosse moves from Gwen Verdon and being Anne Rankings' assistant and learning tap from Gregory Hines and learning how to act through songs with Julie Andrews, I will never, ever forget it. I I remember it like it's yesterday. I remember the things that they've said and I feel like one of the lucky ones because they are so old school and they are so masters in in their fields. So I feel very lucky that I got to have that training but not only did you work with them when you were training you've worked with some incredible people since then like yeah. you were quite early on in your career you, you were a standby for Ben Vereen I was I, mean, I was hit. and Ben Vereen was my mentor I actually I worked with him at that at Broadway Theatre Project oh, as right. well and then I was the standby for him in Fosse in Paris and in a European tour and I mean I was a baby good lord it was just like so crazy and Ben Vereen would, he like took me under his wing. He would say to me, I want you on the side of the stage. I want to feel you at the side of my, at the side of the stage every night. And of course, you know, you're like, okay, sure. And, and, and I would just be there watching him in the wings and we would come off stage and, and he would always ask me, what did you learn? What did you learn? And then for quite some time, I would come into the, we would come to the theater, like 
like three hours before the show and and it was just the two of us on stage and we would talk about material and go over material together and he would go through it with me and it's kind of crazy when I think about it because it literally sounds fake it sounds like a, a complete made-up story and I I at the time I n- never even thought twice about it which is so crazy and then like years later I was like Oh my god, like that is crazy. It's incredible. You know? But yeah, and he's a friend and, and and a mentor and one of my favorite Ben Vereen stories is in Paris, my family came to see see the show and please, they were just excited to get to see Ben Vereen, let alone <laughs> like, you know, seeing their baby on the stage. It was like that they just you know, they were like, We get to see Ben Vereen before and we get to meet him and so I was so excited to introduce them to him and all of that. Well, I was summoned to his dressing room one day and he was like Michael, I want you to go on for your family. And he was like, and I want it to be a surprise, and I want and I want you to do this. And he was, and I was like, now Ben Vereen does not call out of shows at all. So I knew, A, how big of a deal this was. And he gave me this lovely little statue that I keep, I've had forever, and I will always keep it. And he said, I want you to do it, and I want you to be able to give them this experience. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. I mean, okay. So I surprised them. I was on, and he sat with my family and watched the show. <laughs> I know it's the craziest. That's like story. a fairy tale. I know that should be the, a film. It's the craziest thing, but it was just incredible, and I'll obviously never forget it. That and genuinely sounds like your version of the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> totally, doesn't totally. it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's so, insane. Mm-hmm. And were your parents like freaking out? Freaking out. I mean, oh my god. Like, yeah, it was my grandparents and my and my mom and my dad couldn't couldn't come to that trip with my brother as well and and then we all went for dinner after and it was just crazy surreal yeah wow and then from Ben Vereen to Donna McKechnie oh like, my god oh my gosh you really you really have like I have to do my research <laughs> yeah so I started opposite Donna McKechnie in this off Broadway show so my first Broadway show. God, now 15 years ago. It was a show called All Shook Up. And the the choreographer was friends with Donna. And she needed two boys for her show that she was doing off Broadway. And he was like, These are this is who you need to this is who you need to have. I had never met Donna. Obviously, I knew who Donna McKechnie is. The it's the Donna McKechnie. And we met and just like hit it off. And we built this show and it was around about her experience working with the public and Joseph Papp. And uh, my, sort of, I call him my big brother, John Eric Parker. The two of us were her boys and it, and we starred opposite her and we each did, we each had songs with her. We each, all three did stuff. That time was the craziest time because I, I was, I still, every day, like I was in the room and I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, what is going on right now? And watching her do music in the mirror in, like, a room this, like, this size, a very small room for you listeners out there. We're in a lovely little, like, VIP room in the new Amsterdam. Um, Prince Edward. Um, oh my gosh, the Prince Edward. Wrong city. The wrong city. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. The Prince Edward Theatre. Although it reminds me of the new Is Amsterdam. Yes, that's actually, it's why I said that it kind of reminds me, oh. the same charm of this theatre, It's is it reminds me of the new Amsterdam. So, but the Prince Edward, excuse me. So, I'm so sorry Thank you. Good you. Lord. I'm, no, oh, please, correct me. I'll, we got to get it right. But it's a really fun, beautiful room. And to be in this room, if 
you can imagine this, Mikey. <laughs> if you can imagine like her performing right here with like a five-piece band and like her in like a small and a little thing, just belting out music in the mirror in front of you, and just me sitting there like with my mouth open. I would have been in tears. <laughs> yes, I was. I yeah. <laughs> yes, I was. I absolutely was, and I could not believe it. I will never forget it. And I just, and it was the first time she actually sort of did it all full out then, you know, because we were sort of had this big run through and it was time. And we put the show together and I was, well, I, I mean, it's Donna McKechnie singing music in the mirror. <laughs> I think in terms of stories, you're already like right at the top of my, my guests so far, like the best <laughs> stories. How can I ever top this? Seriously. Aladdin on Broadway wasn't your first Disney show, was it? You did Tarzan first. Yes, I did. What was that like? That hasn't had the life that Poppins and Aladdin and Lion King yeah. have had. What, what was Tarzan like? You know, it was such a whirlwind because I came in and I was only, the, I only did it for a very short amount of time, but it was such a, gosh, it was such a beautiful show in the sense, like the design was so stunning. There were some amazing actors. I love the material. Like, oh my gosh, the music is just so amazing. And the story, I love I I I was so excited to be a part of it. I think you never know some honestly like why a show doesn't stay around as long but it still had that Disney magic to it and it still was a show that is actually still playing around the world <laughs> so it's had longevity which is kind of amazing it was a big playground the wings were kind of like you know those like bouncy houses that like mm. for kids they were kind of made out of that so you could just like jump in and jump on it like through a wall and, th and all of a sudden disappear in these little like cubby cave holes and you spent a lot of time hanging out as an ape which is crazy um getting to fly over the audience and in that show i actually covered turk as well and the first entrance you make as Turk is upside down, scatting from the back of the house all the way down to the stage in Act 2, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> but it was so much fun. And it was a short amount of time. And sometimes I forget. I'm like, oh, my God, I did Tarzan. That's right. I forgot about that show. Like, for me, because it was such a fast time. But I still have some of my um, best friends, actually, from that show. So it's kind of cool. Disney's been such a huge part of your, your life and your career. Do you have like a favorite Disney film? Is there one that you're like, I, I really want that one to be done on Broadway? Well, I love Pocahontas. I think it's an under-rated like, Disney movie, in my opinion. I'm obsessed with the music in Pocahontas. I don't think I could be in it, but I would definitely be there on opening night. <laughs> I'm so glad you chose that one. That's the I, one I want them to do. Really? Yeah. When I was seven, I had a Pocahontas birthday cake. Oh, not my not even gosh. kidding. I'm obsessed with that. That's amazing. I would, I would, I would have a Pocahontas birthday cake this year. If oh, I, me I, too. I, I, like, <laughs> I love it so much. After Tarzan, you did the Pirate Queen as well. Yes. So did you get to work with Stephanie J. Block? I did, and Steph is a really good friend of mine. And uh, gosh, that show was crazy because it was Alain and Claude Michel, like it was their return for them. There was a lot that went into it. We had amazing producers, John and um, Moya, who were like the big producers from Riverdance, actually. And they were just so generous and so wonderful and just really beautiful people. And the show was epic. I mean, epic. 
epic. And it was actually ended up being a year of work because we did an out of town tryout in Chicago and then we opened on Broadway. But like we were in rehearsals for so long because there were so many technical elements of it. I learned so much and I learned how to Irish step dance, which was amazing. I was I was the only person of color in the show and I loved that. You know, I loved getting to be around the Irish culture and really learning from we had like the number one and number two Irish step dance champions in the world in the show. Like wow. I mean it's just crazy. It just keeps going on and on. And I just loved being a part of that. I loved getting to watch Claude Michel come up with a song in rehearsal, sit down at the piano and literally create a song. Like, we watched that happen. It was incredible. I also worked with one of your West End stars, Hadley Fraser. Hadley Fraser, yeah, yeah. Who is amazing. His voice is like from the gods. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, my lord. And such a wonderful, like, silly handsome and like charming everything kind of guy so it was really really a beautiful show with a big epic feel that didn't quite last it didn't do well on broadway but i sure enough loved getting to do it i'm still really proud that i got to be a part of it so many people loved it i mean it had such a cult to the following i think i still sign programs to this day (laughs) yeah 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 the biggest cult show you've done obviously has got to have been hair right well yeah i mean i guess so that or the book of mormon now (laughs) because now it's become such a thing but 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 in a different way in a different way exactly hair is you know i never expected to be cast in hair. I sort of don't think of myself as like a hippie, but what's amazing in sort of the universe, Allah, Buddha, whatever you believe in, for me, God, I needed to do that. I needed to do a show where I was out of my comfort zone, where I was truly just sort of like let free and being free and free in all the sense of the world, being naked on stage. Like, (laughs) you know, like, but hair was that. And it was a show that I am so happy that I got to do it and that the team saw something in me and wanted me in a part of that show because it taught me so much as a performer and so much as a person seeing how you what you do and how you respond when you put it into a position where you are out of your comfort zone and I'm really thankful for that and then it led me to the West End which was just insane and wonderful and Cameron McIntosh was like I want the whole company to London. Bring it all. Bring it all. And, you know, and when, when Cameron, Mac, you know, when Sir Cameron McIntosh says, you, you know, that he wants something, it, he makes it happen. If he says get on a plane, you get on a plane. We get, and we sure did. We all got on that plane and got here and we opened in London on the West End and it was thrilling. And just, at, at one of the best theatres. Oh the my gosh, is the like, Gilded, it, isn't it? It's yeah. just, ugh. It's amazing. And I mean, it was a dream. You know, we were in one of Cameron's theaters doing hair on the West End and everybody was so lovely. We did have some British cast members as well, but the majority was American. Mm. And so you never know how that might be accepted because it was so many of us, but everyone was just like... I think for, for everyone here, it was a case of these are performers that we might never get to see if we didn't go to America. You yeah. Know? So it was, it just felt special. Yeah. Even when you've got Will Swenson's foot right in your face, it's happened to me. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you gotta love Will Swenson's foot had, in your face. I had a pair of jeans in my bag and Hannah Shankman took my bag on stage and literally got my jeans out and was like wrapping them around her like a pashmina. Oh, my God. 
That's amazing. I was freaking out. Um, how early on with her did you know that you got something special? First day of rehearsals. The show had been in the Central Park the previous summer, and it was magical outside. When it transferred to Broadway, they were trying to sort of figure out what could they recreate that magic. And they certainly did in the theater and, you know, under the direction of Diane Paulus. And you had a cast of incredible, incredible performers who just took that material and ran with it. So I think she trusted a lot of her cast members and they trusted her and the material. And it was just sort of this beautiful combination, I think, that really created the magic of hair. And yeah, I mean, you just knew first day. You knew first day. It's like Casey Levy singing Easy to be Hard. And you're just like, oh my God. Or Sasha Allen singing Aquarius. And you're like, oh my God. Gavin singing anything. (laughs) You know? Yes, exactly. And well, I mean, it's just like, it just goes on and on. And the voices and just beautiful people who just loved theater and loved being open and light. Having like the audience come up at the end, yeah. was that surreal or did they just love it? Oh gosh, I didn't know how that was going to ha- really work, but every night, I mean, they had to stop people from coming on stage, you know, after a certain point, but it was like a rush. People were ready. They were ready. They were up on that stage and they were just like with you and it became this party every night every single night i'm still floored at that i'm like were we crazy or like were we brilliant (laughs) (laughs) like i was like diane really like wow okay It, it happened every night and without a hesitation people were up on that stage and they felt it something was special so they just loved you know getting to do it and you got to perform at the tonys like, yeah, that was so iconic. Yes, yes, we got to perform at the Tonys and go into the audience and play with Anne Hathaway and all of the the big Hollywood stars who were there as well. And I mean, it was just it was wonderful. And they were in like our home, like yeah. they were on our turf, which was really kind of cool. And we did not hold back. We just didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we did not hold back. But yeah, it was really fun getting to be a part of that. And then and then right after we performed. They announced Best Revival, and we won. And so we all came running back onto the stage right after to get to be there and, and accept the award. With I mean, it was just, like, incredible. The perfect night? Yeah, yeah. And then, as we said earlier, Book of Mormon. How soon did you know with that one that, that it was going to be so big? Well, I was a part of the very first secret reading of the Book of Mormon, which it wasn't called the Book of Mormon. It was called, like, the Untitled Musical Project. <laughs> and it was untitled. Mm-hmm. And I had just finished doing Jerry Springer, the opera on, in Carnegie Hall. And at that time, the, the music director of that show, Stephen Aremus, asked me, like, about coming in and being a part of this reading, this sort of secret reading. And that's where I got to be there. And I kid you not, Michael, from I read the first from Hello through Two by Two, which had been in the number from the very beginning. And at that point, it was only one act that we were reading. I was like, I have to do this. And we all knew. And, you know, the cast changed throughout. Uh, I was very lucky and very blessed. They kept me through every incarnation. There was a handful of us that we stayed every time we we were there each time. I, in fact, even left London a little bit earlier to go and do the workshop of mm. the Book of Mormon. Because 
we just all had to make ourselves available because we knew it was going to be pretty special. We didn't know how it was going to be received, but we knew it was special. And when you have the combination of Matt and Trey and our producers and Garafino and Scott Rudin, I mean, my God, like that is, it's a combination that just is crazy. And then you threw in Casey Nicola <laughs> and it just clicked. It just all clicked and... Andrew Rannells and Josh Gad took those roles. And Josh and I were part of from the very beginning as well. So Andrew joined at, at the, the, the final workshop. And it was really cool to see that role turn into what it is because Andrew is Andrew and, and made it now an iconic role, which is kind of great. It's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, my God, that was a really special, special, special time. What's your favorite memory of being in that show? I think my favorite memory, God, the company, I probably, besides the company, because we were all just so, so close and it was like the biggest love fest backstage. But I think it was the first night where everyone was like clamoring to get into this. There was security, all kinds of stuff ready because we didn't know what was going to happen. Like if there were going to be picketers or anything, we just didn't know. And... After we did Hasadiga, after we did that number, I I had never felt that applause kind of you know that mm. that happen, and that night we all knew we were like, this is this is about to explode, and truly like from that day it was just like an explosion that happened that we it was amazing to watch and be a part of because. Every day, it was the word of mouth went crazy, and then it was, you know, to try and get tickets to come to the show, and it, and it just never stopped. It was unbelievable. With every every A list you can imagine, they had they turned away people, you know, A listers, A list Hollywood people who because it was just you know completely booked up, and we didn't even do photos with like everyone. But I kept a list. I have a list about it's about eight pages long and Whoa. two columns each page and just kept a list of everybody who came to see Book of Mormon. Who were, who were the biggest names? Oh my gosh. I mean, it was like meeting Oprah. I like lost my mind. Like, <laughs> What did Oprah, you say to her? I, I kid you not, we had a countdown to when we knew Oprah was coming. She was in there and it was as if like there was a light on her, you know, when you were doing, doing the show. It was like, oh my God, it's Oprah. She came back stage with Gail and, and Stedman. I mean, it was crazy. I got dressed, came down. I saw her from on, on the opposite side of the stage. I turned and I just screamed, Oprah! Like, I screamed and ran to her. And she turned around and she <laughs> held out her arms. And I just went and hugged her. I mean, it was, I literally didn't do anything, but I just screamed and I yelled her name. And I ran across the stage and like interrupted who she was talking to and just like hugged her. It was the craziest thing. But my birthday, on my birthday, Justin Timberlake was at the show and he found out that that the cast was going to his restaurant, actually. I was having a party at his restaurant, Southern Hospitality. He's a partner in that restaurant. And he sent... Um, he heard that the doctor, the guy who has maggots in his scrotum, <laughs> like that he, that he was having a birthday party at his restaurant, and he sent us all kinds of t- his like his tequila, 
like bunch of food and like everything for the party like but yeah i mean the list is like it just goes on and on like you name a star and they were there i mean kim kardashian uh, kanye um hillary drew bearman hillary clinton came Oh my gosh! Too many that you could just kind of yes. I mean, like everybody you can imagine: Drew, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz. Um, it just doesn't stop. It just was like unbelievable of people that you're, John Legend. It just doesn't stop. <laughs> It's crazy. That is crazy. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, It's been so fun. Just so the listeners know, how long have they got to come and see you in London? Oh my gosh. So I am here until September 30th. Come and see this amazing, fabulous show. You know, it's wonderful. And of course, you might get a special treat because I'm here as well. So a, a different genie, if you will. <laughs> and then are you going back onto the tour in America? And then, yes, I'm going back onto the tour in America. Yeah, for a bit. Well, enjoy London. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you thank you for having me on your awesome podcast anytime (laughs) thank you you can see michael james scott as the genie in aladdin in the west end until the 30th of september i'll be back with another episode next week when we're going backstage with rebecca traherne if you don't want to miss that then subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts you can keep up to date with who's coming up on the podcast on twitter at backstage underscore with or at backstagewith.com thanks for listening (laughs) 